Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now for our story. If the ex-Mrs. Need doesn't neglect her child's needs, sees to it that he has what he should, then, according to the law, she's a fit mother. And the only thing which would make her unfit, in the law's eyes, would be the charge of conduct and becoming a mother. I think you understand, Mrs. Calvert. Angus McKillop looked gravely at the woman who sat next to him on the bench. It was almost ten o'clock at night. The attorney had gone to the square opposite the Wakefield courthouse in answer to an unsigned letter which stated that the writer had important information in connection with Bill Mead's suit for custody of his baby son. He'd been surprised to discover that it was Jesse Calvert, Bill Mead's ex-mother-in-law, who had sent the letter. Now Jesse returns his gaze with a look of triumph as she says, I certainly do understand, Mr. McKillop. That's exactly what I came to tell you about. What's that? You know something which... I have definite proof as to Kit's actions, which leaves no doubt that she's entirely unfit to bring up that child, according to the law. I see. I presume you realize that the charge you're making is a very serious one? I'm not afraid. And you're prepared to take the stand on oath to back your statements up? Oh, no, Mr. McKillop. In spite of what I told you about my present relationship with my husband, I'm not that big a fool. If you should put me on the witness stand, I'd deny everything. In other words, you want to eat your cake and have it too. If you mean by that, I'd like Kit to get what I believe is a fair punishment for what she's done. That I don't mind seeing Ben's pride lowered. You're quite right. You want all that, but you don't want to expose yourself to their anger. If they know what you've done. Well, naturally I don't. I have to protect myself, even though I'd like to help Bill get his child. Uh, Being the kind of woman you are, I can understand, Mrs. Calvert. You must protect yourself. Well, don't most people want to protect themselves? It appears to be the popular human urge. All right. Suppose you give me the story from the beginning. Tell me exactly what you suspect. But it's not a question of suspecting. I have definite proof, I tell you. Very well. Now then, when did you first acquire this knowledge? Mr. McKillop... Are you going to cross-examine me as if I were on the witness stand? It's the simplest way. People have a tendency to wander from the subject under discussion. Why? Do you object to that method? Mm, No, but it's rather upsetting to have questions shot at you. You'll get used to it. Well, if that's the way you want it. I began to suspect that something funny was going on with Kit a long time ago, while she was in California. That was before the baby was born. Why? You mean what made me think something was wrong? Eh? Well, it was Kit's attitude. She was so secretive about her friends there, who she was seeing. After all, a girl like Kit doesn't go off to Southern California, live all alone without seeing someone. Exactly where was Mrs. Mead living at the time? She had this house at the beach outside of Los Angeles, a place called Malibu. Yeah, I've heard of it. A place popular with the movie folks. Yes. 
You see, Ben and I had gone out there to visit after our wedding. Yeah, honeymoon, eh? Oh, you could call it that for want of a better name. Kit was awfully vague about everything. Wouldn't say much. Well, anyway, we left that same night. We were taking the train the next day. In the morning, Ben asked me to get Kit on the phone. He wanted to say goodbye. Go on. The housekeeper answered. She told me Kit couldn't come to the phone. Then all of a sudden she said, Wait a minute. I think I see Mr. Cromwell walking on the beach. Would you like me to call him? Well, I said no and hung up. Who's this Mr. Cromwell? What's he got to do with it? Paul Cromwell was an old admirer of Kit's. Well, in fact, you might say he'd been much more than that. Much closer at one time when she was in New York. That was what struck me as odd. The fact that Kit never mentioned he was there. Living right next door. She hasn't mentioned it to this day. I know why now. You mean uh, you think you do? Is that it? You've put two and two together and... I know. Kit didn't mention Paul's being there because she had a guilty conscience. She didn't dare let her husband, Bill, find out. Or anyone else. You see, Mr. McKillop, the house was leased in Paul Cromwell's name. He was paying the rent on the house she was living in. He was in and out of that house. It wouldn't make a very pretty story in court, it seems to me. Mm. So that's it. And you say you know this for a fact? It could be proved according to your belief? Yes, it could be. It already has been by a firm of private investigators in Los Angeles, California. A little while later, Jesse Calvert and Angus McKillop concluded their conversation, and Jesse walked home to Ben's luxurious house on 11th Street. As she paused on the broad front terrace of the house, she noticed the glow of a cigarette from the port swing to her right. Now she walks on toward the swing. Well, good evening, Kit. Good evening, Jesse. <laughs> well, what are you doing out here in the dark? Gazing at the moon, if you like. What were you doing, roaming around town by yourself at this hour? Oh, just went for a little walk. Why? Seems an odd hour for exercise. Well, it's only ten o'clock. Nevertheless, I'm sure Dad wouldn't approve. It's lucky for you he's over in Huntsville. <laughs> it's when have you taken such a burning interest in your father's welfare, Kit? <laughs> the last time we talked, you were absolutely furious with him. Oh, by the way, did you ever win that argument? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yes, you do. The fight you two had because you want to leave town and take Ben's grandson with you. He's not Dad's grandson. He's my son. Well, for goodness sake, isn't the same thing? No, it isn't. There's a big difference. Oh, don't tell me this is maternal pride. Jesse, I came out here to be alone. So if you don't mind... Oh, now calm down, kid. Gracious, your temper gets worse every day. And I think I know why now. I was puzzled for a while, but... I'm not anymore. You don't say. Hmm. I'm surprised Ben hasn't guessed by now why you've been in such a black mood these last months. Why you've been so nervous, frightened. Poor man. He's all confused about it, and yet the reason's so obvious. Is it? Why, certainly. It's all this business about the baby. Keeping custody. You know very well that Bill has a lot on his side. Only he doesn't know it. You're scared to death you'll find it out, because if he did, it wouldn't take him long to get that court decision reversed. 
You've got it all figured out, haven't you? Yes, indeed I have. And I'm surprised Ben hasn't. Why? My goodness. Bill handled things properly. He could have that child of his in no time at all. You're hinting at something, Jesse. Pretending you've got something up your sleeve and you haven't a thing to go on. This is just another one of your bluffs. <laughs> Don't you wish it were, though? No, Kit, I'm not bluffing. I know what I'm talking about. Then what is it you know? That's what you want me to ask, isn't it? Is there something to know, Kit? Oh, now you're changing your tune when I come right out and call your bluff. No. But I have been thinking I ought to tell Ben anything I could, which might help him understand why you're in such a desperate frame of mind. You tell Dad nothing. What I do is none of your concern, and I warn you, Jesse. Look, Kit, you're in no position to make threats. Can't you get that through your head? This is one time when I have the whip hand with you. In fact, I'm so very sure of myself that on second thought, I think I'll just wait. Wait for what? Oh, for things to work out. I know they will. You can't keep up this deception much longer, my dear. Your little house of cards is just about to tumble around your ears. And if you'll forgive my mixing a metaphor, I, I think it's going to make a noise like thunder when it does. You know, I'm looking forward to that very much. Yes, Jessie Calvert felt quite pleased with the way things were going. Kit had always stood between Jessie and her husband, had done all she could to make Jessie's life miserable. And now, Jessie was confident she would see Kit thoroughly defeated and disgraced. And Kit was wondering, does Jessie know something? How could she have found out? 